Well, good morning. Some of our students put that video together. And uh, before we go any further, I have something to say. I regret not mentioning blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. You know, in my defense, in my defense, I was asked that, let's just call it a deceitful question, at my most tired point throughout the entire week. So well played, students. Well played. Uh, Today you are going to hear about Life Conference, and here's how the rest of today's service is going to kind of shake out. I'm going to share a bit about life before uh, diving into our message. Then we'll hear from our students and leaders before we close in worship. So if you don't know what Life Conference is, it's a gathering of the next generation of Alliance family. It happens every three years. This year it was held in Orlando. And nearly 7,000 youth and leaders descended down there. And we learned about Jesus and we served Central Florida for a week. Our days consisted of an early morning breakfast and quiet time, two main sessions, Two seminars, a group experience, lunch, dinner, small group time, late night worship offerings, and days were pretty much nonstop from about 6 a.m. to midnight, and there is so much that happened at life, all right? Some of the things we experienced were scrolling on the screen before service. We're going to see if we can maybe get them back up on the screen for you uh, to see them after service, too, but feel free to engage any of our student team, uh, those of them in the red shirts, in conversation about life. But right now... Uh, I want to take some time to give you a taste of Tuesday night's main session as our message for today. It was titled, Jesus is Greater Than Everything, which was the life theme, and they set the tone for the days that followed. If you guys want to throw up that other uh, presentation, the one for the service there with that Jesus is Greater Than Everything slide, I'd sure appreciate that. Um, The speaker on our opening day at Life Conference, his name was Carlos Whitaker, and one of the things that Carlos is well known for and he's passionate about is helping others hear the voice of God through the Bible and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to John chapter 10, and if you want to be proactive, you can earmark Exodus 14 as well. Uh, And let's pray, and we're going to prepare to dive into God's Word. Lord, may you be glorified. May you continue the good works that you began at Life Conference this year in our team. And may those good works be brought back here and by your spirit affect the hearts and lives of everyone in this place. You do what you intend to do, Lord. I pray that we would surrender and submit to you in the process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in John 10, we see Jesus give his followers one of the great images we have with how God relates to mankind. Um, In this chapter, Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd, and it's within his discourse here in John chapter 10 that we receive a promise that he gives us in John 10, 10. Let's go ahead and read that together. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We are promised life to the full if we are in Christ. And we know from scripture and from history that everything that God promises comes true. Jesus didn't say to us, I have come that they may have life and have it to the half. Jesus promises us that when we follow him, we have life and we may have it to the full. But a lot of us, we get caught up in our doubts about what God says in his words. Maybe because we're not experiencing life in the way that the Bible promises. I want to preface the rest of the message today with this. Okay, we all have doubts, all right? Every single one of us has doubts. It's part of us being human, and we live in this tension of being fully righteous on account of what Christ did for us, and yet also living in this sinful and broken world. We wrestle with these things. So if you have doubts, I want you to hear me this morning. It doesn't mean you are broken, okay? It means you're human. 
It means you're human. But just because we doubt the word of God now doesn't mean we have to stay there. The Bible tells us that there is so much more depth available for those of us in Christ. And as we grow in relationship with him, we come to see doubt for what it is. It's a lie of the enemy. Just because we doubt the word of God doesn't mean that it's not true. The only weapon the enemy has is a lie to cause us to doubt. That's what happened in the garden when sin entered the world. The first man and woman, they were made to doubt God. But just because we doubt doesn't make the word of God any less true. God's word is always right. God's word always works. And God's word always comes true. So we can go to it and we can trust it. If you want to know how to have life and have it to the full, it's right here in this book. It gives us a great starting point for how we can engage in deeper relationship with Jesus. It has an answer for everything. Now, even if it's not a black and white answer that might frame the specifics of your question the way a Google search might, it will always provide you with a launching point to receive an answer that is truth that comes directly from the heart of God. The world that we live in today, it's a digital one. It's filled with all sorts of ways that we can easily and self-sufficiently find answers to our questions and our doubts. All right? Oftentimes, that's encompassed in two words. Ask Google. All right? Ask Google. We all use Google. I use Google. Right? But Google giving advice can be a complete gamble in our lives. And sometimes it can be scary. If you doubt me on that, try asking Google about, you know, your next medical question, okay? Because depending on how fast you read after about two minutes or so, you're going to be convinced of the truth that's presented on your screen that your stubbed toe is actually a rare bone disorder and you have less than three months to live. I mean, that's, that, that happens. Like you go on Google and man, it just whams you with the worst possible scenario. Have you ever tried asking Google about a moral dilemma at all? The answers are all over the board, So what do we trust? What do we trust? Now, I'm not dismissing Google, okay? I'm not dismissing its helpfulness. I'm not saying that instant information is evil. Don't misunderstand me here, all right? I use it all the time. But what I am saying is that when we go to the world for our answers to our doubts and our questions, it's always a gamble because the source is human. But we never have to gamble with the word of God. It will always work and it always comes true. God's word comes right from the creator of all things. And he wants what's best for us, not only in this life, but also in the next. We can all stand to become more like Christ, all right? Me, probably more so than you, okay? God's word provides us with the revelation that Jesus is in fact greater than our doubts and our insecurities. Jesus is greater than everything. Carlos Whitaker challenged us at Life Conference to enter into several things that can help keep Jesus greater than everything in our lives. I'm going to share two of them with you this morning. Here's the first, okay? Enter rest. Enter rest. Without entering rest and without slowing down, a lot of times we miss hearing the word of God. God speaks to us each and every day if we are in Christ, but oftentimes we move too fast to hear him. We need to lower the volume of life so that the volume of God can go up in our lives. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. 
Uh, we're going to be in, in verses 10 through 14 here. While you're flipping there, let me give you a little bit of context. Uh, God's people had been enslaved to the Egyptians at this point for hundreds of years. And God was in the process of rescuing them from slavery. He had heard their prayers and he was rescuing them from slavery. He raised up a man by the name of Moses. He sent him to Pharaoh to demand the release of his people from captivity. But Pharaoh doesn't listen. So God sends 10 plagues onto the Egyptians. And eventually Pharaoh relents and Moses leads the people out of Egypt. But then Pharaoh changes his mind and he comes after them with an army and he's looking to pin them against the Red Sea. And this is where we pick up here in verse 10. Let's read together verses 10 through 14 of Exodus chapter 14. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because... There were no graves in Egypt that you have brought us to the desert to die. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. In the midst of the chaos of life, when we don't know up from down or left from right, and we don't see any ways out of our present circumstances, we can always trust that the promises of God revealed to us in the Bible are true. He can do today what he has already done before, and it is he who fights on our behalf. There's arguably no one on this earth who lived a busier lifestyle than Jesus during his earthly ministry. And yet his routine pattern during his time here on earth was to take time to be still. So church, let us, like the Israelites of old, take hope as the people of God. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So that's number one, enter rest. But also, number two here, enter war. The great war of Christianity is rooted in battling the lies of the enemy. When I was the director of building and grounds at Minnewaska Schools, uh, we had five buildings there, and one of them was our ECFE building, and it did not have a dedicated custodian. So our elementary school night staff would actually work that building's uh, evening shift on a rotating schedule. Now, the problem with a rotating schedule when you don't have the same person doing the tasks every single day is that oftentimes things can get overlooked and things can get missed. And one of those things that was frequently missed was the cobwebs. All right, Custodians do a lot of things well. All right, I'm a champion of custodians, but it's a universal struggle to remember to look up when all of your attention and all of your focus are at eye level or below. So I'd remind them on a regular basis that they needed to clean the cobwebs. But when the cobwebs were cleaned, they would always come back unless the source of the cobwebs was removed. The spider. In our lives, we all have cobwebs and we all have spiders. Now, the spider is the root of the problem. This spider is an agreement we have made with a lie, while a cobweb is a behavior that brings comfort to that lie. So, watch this, all right? Alcohol, pornography, gossip, drugs, sex, all right? Those are not the problem. Those are not the spider, right? Those are the cobwebs. In my life, I had a spider. I had an agreement with the enemy. For a decade, I struggled with deep depression. And I made an agreement with the lie that I would never find full healing. 
That was my spider. So I medicated, right? I threw myself into idolatrous relationships with sports and with girls and with fitness and with eating. And I spent years sweeping away the cobwebs, but they kept coming back. At Crown College, I was taught how to enter rest. I was taught how to lower the volume of life so that the volume of God could go up in my life. And after hearing the voice of God, I found freedom. The first several years of being a Christ follower saw me, even in my prayers, agreeing with the lies of the enemy. I'd pray things like, God, I am so depressed. God, I am so anxious. God, I am so worthless. While I was praying to God, I was actually making agreements with the enemy. And one day I was sitting in Dr. Meyer's spiritual leadership and development class at Crown College. And we were talking about the lies of the enemy. So I asked God to reveal to me the lies. I asked him to reveal the spider. And he did. And I understood in that moment the truth of who I am in Christ in a way that I had not up until that point in time in my faith. That I am a child of God. And me and members of that class, we recited scripture over that lie and we prayed for healing. And the living and active nature of the word of God cut the lies of the enemy to pieces. And Jesus Christ killed that spider in my life. And at age 19, God healed me of my depression. I was able to go off of medication and I've been able to walk in freedom from that bondage for the past 15 years. Church, our battle is against the lies of the enemy. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he do that? He does it through lies and deception and falsehood. The only weapon the enemy has is a lie to cause us to doubt, to get us to focus on the behavior, to get us to focus on the cobwebs. We need to stop focusing all of our energy on sweeping away the cobwebs in our lives, and we need to allow the power of Christ to kill the spider, the father of lies. When we go to the word of God, the lies of the enemy are exposed for what they are, and the devil flees. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Church, Jesus is the divine logos. He is the living word of God made flesh. And he has given us his word so that when we enter rest and we lower the noise of the volume of life, we can turn up the volume of God and we can hear his voice. And in hearing his voice and being transformed by him, we are equipped to enter war and it is Christ who fights on our behalf. It is Christ who will kill the spiders, the lies in our lives and the lives of others. And it is Christ who has promised that in him we can live the promise of a full life. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that we can walk around living life to the half. Jesus died and rose again so that we can have life in him and we may have it to the full. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Church, Jesus is greater than everything. Would you stand with me as we pray? Jesus, you are so good. You are so great. I thank you for the chains that were broken at Life 2022. I thank you for the healing that you provided to members of our group. I thank you for the power that you displayed through worship, through the teaching, through the speakers who correctly handled the word of truth. I pray for a continuation of that work. 
Lord, I pray for that work to carry into our church family here. And I pray that each of us would be transformed by your spirit. Fill us today, Lord. Give us the comfort and the hope of knowing that you are greater than everything. All of our doubts, all of our insecurities, everything in our lives, Lord. There is nothing that you have not already conquered through the cross. And I pray that we would find our rest in you. Jesus, and that you would continue to equip us, not on our own strength, God, because there's nothing we can do without you, but that you would equip us to enter war on your behalf so that you may fight for us and we may see you and we may glorify you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for rising again, for giving every single person in this world the chance to respond to your gospel message. I pray that through the rest of this service, you would be with our students as they speak. Help them to humbly and graciously talk about the impact that you had on their lives. And I pray, Father, that all of us would be transformed. We give the glory to you, Lord. You deserve it all. May none of it be on us. May none of it be for us. May it be all for you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it can be intimidating to get up here in public speak. But I say this to our students all the time, all growth is found on the far side of discomfort. And each life team member has been asked to get a little uncomfortable today. And they've been asked to share pieces of their life experience with you. So without further ado, I'd like to invite up Grace and Carissa to talk to us a little bit about some of the impact that the Lord had on their lives through the main sessions. I'm Krissa. I'm Grace. And we're told to do the main sessions. And Grace is going to go first. <laughs> All the sessions at Life were very impactful, and I took a lot from them. My, but my personal favorite session was the one that talked about how God is greater than your issues. Everyone has their own issues they struggle with, but I learned that God is greater. <clears throat> He is greater than everything. The speaker talked about how God loves you, issues or not, and God sees you as his. She told, the, she told us that with God, we don't have to carry our issues around with us, but we do need to give them to God. At the end of that night, there was a time where there were leaders and adults that were available. If you felt like you had issues you wanted to give up to God, or if you wanted to pray with someone. It was a time of healing and breaking of chains. There were a lot of tears at night, but God did so many good things. I watched God work in me and so many other people that night, and it was very impactful. Jesus' power was displayed, and lives were changed. Thank you. I want to tell you about my, life, my favorite life main session and how it impacted my life. My favorite speaker was Megan Marshman, probably because she was funny, but also because she was relatable. I remember she brought up this story. I don't have enough time to tell the whole story, but here's a snapshot of it. It was a story about a teenage boy named Clayton. Clayton had a bad, had battled cancer his whole life, and it kept and it kept coming back every few years. When he was in high school, he found out his cancer had returned another time, but this time it was different. It had taken over his whole body. He was told he had three months to live. Clayton didn't grieve with his family and friends the whole time, though. Clayton decided to use the time he had left to go out and spread the good news of God and his love. 
And this is what stuck with me the most from life. It had me asking myself the question, am I going to hide away or am I going to go live a life like Clayton? Am I going to use the time God has given me well? Life 2022 taught me that I want to live life a life like Clayton because Clayton lived a life like Jesus. Thank you. Hi, I'm Hannah. I was selected to talk about the prayer experience that our life our group did at the Life Conference a few weeks ago. I will be completely honest with you, I was very apprehensive about this experience. I have learned that the hardest part I experience in my relationship with Christ is by actively seeking him in prayer throughout every situation. So the idea of doing a prayer experience did not exactly pique my interest. But despite my reservations, the Lord continued to work, and I was able to experience God's presence through this journey. One of my prayers coming into the Life Conference was to experience the freedom that God has to offer and to no longer be trapped in some of the struggles I had been going through. With this prayer experience, I was able to experience breakthrough during one of the activities. So basically what this activity was, was there was cans, but I'm using cups. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. It'll it'll, it'll be fine. Okay. All right. We're going all the way over. Okay. Anyway. um, Anyway, so I'm using cups that were placed all around this table. They all had labels on them of lies and insecurities that often stand in the way of our walk with the Lord. So the object of this was to stack up all of these lies and insecurities and then to knock them down and watch the Lord break down that wall. So for me, I placed my insecurities, my stress, my selfishness, my pride, my depression, and my anxiety. And once all of these were set up, I took a step back and looked at everything that was standing in the way of my walk with the Lord. All of these were holding me back from walking freely with Jesus. In this moment, my prayer was that God would take these things from me. All I had to do was lay them at the foot of the cross and trust that the Lord would conquer these lies for me. Then I knocked the tower down to help me visualize Christ breaking down the barriers and all the lies and things holding me back from my walk with Jesus came crashing down. Despite the Lord working in my heart, it has, been, it has not been an easy journey, and I still struggle with these lies every single day. But the Lord is continuing to do a changing work, and I am trusting that his work will be completed. Hello, my name is Jacob, and uh, our life trip, uh, God was working in a lot of ways for all of us, I'm pretty sure. Um, while we were there, one activity we participated in was called the Justice, Justice Experience. Um, it was about uh, modern-day slavery. Uh, we learned a bunch of stories and all these facts about it. But um, uh, one, one thing we learned of was how many kids were sold into uh, slavery every day. Um, every 30 seconds, a child is sold into slavery. So every hour, that's 120 kids. 
Every day, that's 1,500 children. Um, it was probably the deepest and most humbling thing uh, we all went through in life, I think, um, learning about all that. Uh, it was hard, it was disheartening, but throughout the experience, we were also shown hope. We were taken through several stories of survivors, and we heard how God was working in them and in the world to end the horrors of slavery. Since 2019, more than 40,000 kids have been saved from slavery, and their stories have been shared with others. We learned that God is there always. He's always working. But this experience also opened our eyes to the defecation of God's creation. But even in the midst of evil, we have hope because Jesus is ever-present. Thank you. Hello, my name is DJ, and I'm going to talk about um, our missions experience. Um, in the missions experience, there are four different rooms um, that our group traveled through, which each had their own missions emphasis. Each room had some sort of interactive material and lesson from different parts of the world where Christian and Missionary Alliance is serving. We were able to learn about the different types of missions work that is happening globally in unique ways. The missions experience showed me many ways that God uses us to spread word to other communities. And it was cool to see that a lot of missions work is just living alongside people, doing life, and building relationships. One of the rooms I remember had soccer goals and soccer balls in the room. The guy running the station explained that in South America and Africa, the missionaries use soccer to build relationships and bring people to Christ. The team is a lot like church and missions. Things go better when all work towards um, a common goal in unity. Like the soccer camp we put on in Providence last year and the soccer camp here in Little Falls as of this last week. It showed me that we use similar ways in the United States to share Jesus with other mis others that missionaries from around the world do. Thank you for sending us to Life Conference. Good morning, my name is Faith. At Life, we went to seven different seminars, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember all of them. It was a lot of information. But there was one specific seminar that I will always remember. It was called Helping Others Through Tough Times with Heather Fleece. A silly reason I remember this seminar is because Heather was such a funny speaker, but she was also serious and could reel us back in after a joke. Anyways, I myself don't struggle with a lot of issues, so a lot of the seminars didn't suit my path of life right now. But in this seminar, I learned a lot of valuable lessons that I can actually apply to my life. I would say I'm usually an easy person to talk to, but oftentimes I feel like I don't know the right thing to say when others are talking to me. In this seminar, I learned that when a friend is going through grief or even just having a bad day, having my presence there alongside them is a comfort many times beyond what words can say. Since coming back from life, I'm doing better at giving the gift of my presence to others who are hurting, and I'm trying to do a better job showing up for my friends because I want them to know that I care for them deeply, just like Jesus does. Hi, my name is Levi, and I'm going to give some... Um, I'm gonna give some phrases about um, I'm gonna give some phrases about some seminars that impact me. The first one is when you get into an argument with someone about God, you change their perspective about God. Sometimes they don't know, understand God. The second one is um, is um, yeah. The second one is my favorite because it's about science. Um, one of the seminars, the person said, "Science is just figuring out what God has done." And the final one I learned is. 
And the final one I learned, and what to share with you now, is not really going to share with you now, is about God. But I, it's not about God, but I feel like people need to hear it anyway. I learned if someone's hurting, you shouldn't keep asking them if they're okay over and over every time. We say that, we, we see them and said, we need to make sure we never forget about their hurting and we can make, and make others, make ourselves available to walk with them through their hurt. Good morning. My name is Koi, and I'm going to talk to you about our service project day. We went to a community center called Englewood Neighborhood Center. It was a center that hosted low-income kids from around the community and gave them a place to stay safe off the streets each day. One of the projects we helped was in their community garden. This elderly sweet lady named Miss Ruby, who is about 90 years old, takes care of this community garden pretty much by herself. We ended up working alongside her, weeding all of the garden boxes and paths, which were in tough shape. And then we hauled them and put mulch down. The garden was completely transformed. This project impacted my faith because it was a way to serve others for Jesus behind the scenes. It wasn't flashy. No one really saw the work we were doing. But we did it for Jesus, not for the praise of ourselves or our group, which is what I think service is supposed to look like when we do it for God. Chris also asked me to share some service projects statistics from life, not a way to pat ourselves on the back, but a way to show the impact the church has through a conference like life, because it's one of life's goals to be missional. The Life Group worked along 29 different secular and faith-based organizations around Central Florida over the course of the week and donated 17,523 hours of service, saving those local organizations $461,205 in labor costs. Also, Life was able to raise 25000 through the fund run registrations and donate to the local ministry called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. This ministry builds beds for kids in Orlando who don't have them. Their mission is to create a city where no one sleeps on the floor. Life is both a conference and an opportunity to serve in our local communities. Miss Ruby was beside herself to receive over 100 hours of help through the service project initiative, and we got to talk with a lot of the community center staff about Life Conference and the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Thank you. I'm Hank. I'm going to talk about worship. I've never seen any worship like there was at Life. I would get goosebumps every time I walked in the room. I ne- wait. Whenever I praise God, I never really raise my hands. But every time before worship and when it started, my hands were in the air and I felt peace with God. It was fun to see all 6,000 people praising God and together. It was also very cool to see all the tears of joy that were spread throughout the whole trip. The worship at Life helped me to know God on a deeper level. Thank you for sending us to Life. Hi, I'm Brody. Um, every morning and evening at Life, we have worship. 
it was so powerful to be surrounded by 6,000 other uh, teens. Um, those worship times were very impactful, and I could feel the spirit moving. I love playing drums here at church, but there at life I had the opportunity to have no responsibility except to worship. I got to listen to the voices of everyone around me, engage and close my eyes, and worship freely. And that I did. It brought me a sense of peace and joy. Uh, during evening, Friday evening's worship, I felt God sp spoke to me. Uh, before life, I would never have shared this, but here it is. Uh, the song and speaker that evening spoke about freeing ourselves from our chains. Uh, I have a lot of chains. Um, my chains are feelings of depression, anxiety, and loneliness sometimes. I feel like that I have shoved those feelings down in deep inside me because I didn't want to burden anyone or have anyone think less of me. That evening I decided to break my change, and I did two things. First, I gave it to God and prayed. I really, like, I really prayed for my heart. And secondly, I told someone, the devil wants us to shoulder our insecurities alone. But we are not alone. There's power in being connected and being loved by those around you. I know I'm loved by my leaders, my parents, and my youth group, my youth group friends here. We are not alone. We all deal with some type of chains. I pray not for myself, but for all my friends too, that they will open up and give it all, the good, the bad, the good and the bad, to God. I don't know what any of you are going through, but I have shared my chains. We can easily love each other, be present and there for each other, and pray for each other. I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to go to life. Thank you. Hi, my name's Caleb Jennings. Um, first of all, I just want to thank the entire church for all their support and love. We wouldn't have been able to do this without you. So, thank you. I'm going to talk about broken chains and my connection with God during Life 2022. There's so much I could say about this topic, but Chris only gave me 60 seconds. <laughs> so, but the thing that impacted me and many others greatly was the music. I personally felt most connected with God when we were praising Him, and it did a few things for me. I saw myself through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, and I saw the chains, and I realized I had only been using God when I thought I needed Him. I heard leaders, I've heard leaders talk about doing the opposite of this, that having a relationship with God requires 100% of yourself. They talk about not using God as a light switch, turning Him on and off only whenever I think I need Him. And I realized I was coming to church on Sunday, acting like I knew Jesus but I was using him like a light switch, turning him on and off whenever I had an issue or a problem or whenever I wanted to just make myself comfortable. And I'm not saying that's not something you should do, but that's not all you should do in your walk with Christ. At Life 2022, I heard God speak to me through worship. I heard the voice of Jesus, and I felt him break those chains. I know that during Life 2022, I wasn't the only one affected. I felt chains all around me break. I saw kids crying out to God down on their knees in tears. I won't lie, 
I was definitely one of them. But I opened up at life in a way I didn't know I could. I acknowledged my sins for what they were. They were chains. And I know now that I want to know Christ. And Christ has set me free from those chains. Thank you for sending us to life. All right. I'm Isaac, and I'm going to be talking about my life after the Life Conference. Um, one way I have channeled my life experience into next steps back home has been taking time to listen for a response to prayer. Um, there was a speaker at Life that talked about how people a lot of times will take time to pray, but then they complain that they're not getting a response from God. And he said that it's because we don't take time to listen, to be still. He recommended we take time, whether after a prayer or a set time, just to be still and listen for God's response. God wants us to hear his voice, and prayer is an unceasing conversation with God. Since coming back to life, I've been, coming back from life, I've been trying to incorporate listening for his voice into my daily routine. Thank you. Hello, Alliance Church. My name is Sophia. During my time at life, I learned a bunch of new ways to grow and strengthen my relationship with God. One seminar I went to talked about our next step, what our next steps would be after the conference. While I was in that seminar, we talked about little things we could do to maintain our relationship with God after life. Some of these things included praying frequently, reading the Bible, and sharing our faith and our life experience with others. Throughout the week, I felt like I became closer with God, and when I got home, I didn't want it to end. Since I've been home, I've tried to pray more frequently. I've started reading my Bible, and I've been sharing what I know about God to my family and friends. Since I've been doing this, I've felt closer with God, and I'm hoping to share with. Uh, I'm hoping by sharing with others what I learned at life about how they can. Oh, oh they too can build their relationship with God. Thank you for sending me to life. Take a moment and piggyback a little bit off of what uh, Isaac and Sophia were just talking about here in regards to next steps. So back in Life 2019, um, one of the keynote speakers there was Megan Marshman, who a couple students referenced today as well. And she said this, if all we do is hear a message and agree with it and go back to our lives without doing anything different, without living any differently, what a waste. We are missing out on so much more that God has for us. When we came back uh, this past week, um, so we've been back from life for a couple of weeks here now, and uh, Alliance Youth had a soccer camp, and that was part of our next steps this past week. And I just want to share a little bit about what that was, um, because a number of our life team participated in that soccer camp over the course of this past week. So it was for incoming third through fifth graders. Uh, it took place from 4 to 6 p.m. over at Bell Prairie Sports Complex. And the focus of this week was answering the question, who am I? And we looked at four different things over the four different days that we were. Uh, I am created, I am loved, I am redeemed, and I am accepted. Uh, we had uh, upwards of 20, 20 plus students that attended that camp, and we had 16 student volunteers who assisted in that camp as well, a number of those from our life team. And on Wednesday, um, during our evangelism and gospel sharing portion, um, seven of those kids from our surrounding community uh, made a first-time commitment to give their lives to Jesus Christ. So what happens at life doesn't just stay at life. It comes home. 
And these students are working and seeking to incorporate those things in. That's why we do our debriefs, and it's why we do things like this, because it's a way to continue the momentum of what God has already started and the good work back in life. So uh, I want to hear from our leaders here, Lane and Joetta, and then we're going to enter into a time of worship following that. Hey, my name's Lane. Um, just want to say thank you for sending me with the students. Chris, thanks for asking me. Um, if Chris gives you the opportunity to go on a mission trip, on a life trip, take it. How do you want God to surprise you at Life Conference? This is one of the questions that Chris asked before we ever left. And my response was to remove all of my doubts. That was my desire. This is what I considered impossible for God to do. But did he do it? No. But what he did do is affirm that in all my doubt, there was a genuine desire to pursue him. And that gave me peace in my question-filled pursuit. Many of our students found great joy in the worship at life. You've, you've heard several of them say that even this morning. It was a highlight of the trip for many as they danced and sang their hearts out in the front of the room during each of the main sessions. And early on in the week, I created doubts in my mind to the genuineness of those leading and the hearts of the ones at the foot of the stage. I had a critical heart when the MCs for the week said that they were going to record a live album for the band. What are we do even doing? I vocalized to Chris one night after the main session. The next morning during my, during my quiet time, I asked that God would allow me to worship through song, as I felt I couldn't do that all week. In that morning session, I felt free. The songs didn't change. The instruments didn't change. The volume of the music didn't change. They didn't cancel the light show. But my heart changed. And God did that. That night, I decided to go all in and go down front and see what all the fuss was about. So there I was, the only old guy in a sea of high schoolers. <laughs> and what I saw was the next generation. Sorry. What I saw was this next generation of worshipers giving their whole voice, entire body, and all their energy in worship, proclaiming that Jesus is greater than everything. So, students, will you forgive me for my criticism? and judgment against you.
church, my generation is leaving the church in droves. I think there are several factors that play into into this, but I believe it's partly due to man-made standards, preferences, and legalism that led to guilt-ridden followers, but not true worshipers. This next generation is excited about worshiping Jesus, specifically through music, and it might not look like what you or even I prefer, but their passion and heart for Jesus fills me with so much hope for the future. should have gone first. When he cries, I cry, and then it becomes a mess. But I personally want to say that I am so honored and blessed that I got the opportunity to chaperone life. I understand that nothing happens without God's will, but I don't think 18 Minnesotans traveling across the country could have gone better. For that, I'd like to give a few thank yous. First, thank you to you 14 students. I feel you represented our church and your families very well. While we were 1,405 miles away from home, you were fun, friendly, engaging, and very respectful. So thank you. Secondly, thank you to the church, all of you. Thank you for supporting our children and youth. Whether you bought pizzas, supported trivia night, or just prayed for us, thank you. Your support means so much, not only to us leaders, but also the kids. That we feel, that they feel and they see that they are worth being invested in. And finally, thank you to Pastor Chris. I can't imagine the man hours that you poured into making this opportunity happen. I know for every hour that you asked of me, you put in at least five hours of planning. Your communication and the expectations you had for me and the whole team were very clear. And I know you prayed wholeheartedly for each one of us in each element of this conference. You are so organized. When we got home, I told Kevin, I didn't have to do any of the worrying because Chris did it all for me. (laughs) And you made it enjoyable for me. Funny story. On the last day, we were at the hotel waiting for the bus to take us to the airport. And Chris turned to all of us, straight-faced, and said... Upon arriving on your airplane ticket, there was a boarding pass for this bus on the, printed on the back of that ticket. Please take it out now so we can get on the bus. He had 17 of us staring at him like a deer in headlights. We didn't have that. That was six days ago. We didn't have that, that ticket. So, But thank you for keeping your humor even on day six of leading 14 teens. Thank you for everything you did to make Life Conference happen and blessing me with the opportunity to come along. I'd like to invite the worship team up. 
while the rest of us take a moment to pray. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder that Jesus is greater than everything. Thank you for filling these youth and us leaders' hearts so that we could be champions for you. Thank you for the relationships that you strengthened and for the rest you allowed when we got home. In your name we pray. Amen.